0: You are listening to Black Reality Think Tank with host Dr. William Rogers on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
1: Serve uninsured, underinsured, and insured individuals. Open Monday through Thursday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Urgent Care Clinic Friday and Saturday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Call for an appointment at 414-988-3079. Finley Medical Clinic is accepting new patients. Vaccines and screenings for uninsured, underinsured, and insured. Located at 10721 West Capitol Drive, Suite 110. Call our office for an appointment today at 414 988 History
2: is a clock that people use to tell their political and cultural time of day. It is also a compass that people use to find themselves on the map of human geography. History tells a people where they have been and what they have been, where they are and what they are. Most important, history tells a people... For they still must go what they still must be. The relationship
0: of history to the people is the same as the relationship... You are listening to Black Reality Think Tank with host Dr. William Rogers on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
3: Hotep and greetings, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Black Reality Think Tank. I am your host, Dr. William Rogers. So happy that you are here this evening with us. Very hot and steamy evening, I guess, throughout the country. So we hopefully you have been cool and you are ready to sit down and let's uh, digest some ideas and thoughts as it relates to the liberation of African-American people. So happy we have a very exciting guest on tonight, young man that is out here in the battlefield, uh, trying to do his part and contributing to the struggles that we have uh, to make things correct for the himself and for the future generations to come. So we're so appreciative of him. We're going to be talking very soon about what he is doing and what he does and, uh, and just how maybe you can get involved or support him. So he's one of our prodigies. And so we want to definitely support this young brother. Uh, So we're going to be talking with him tonight. We are are coming in tonight on Tuesday on the coattails of Juneteenth. I hope that you all had a very exciting uh, celebration uh, of Juneteenth, very important celebration. And one of the things that I noticed this year is there was a lot of focus on what really Juneteenth means. Uh, I was invited uh, in several cases, to come on and do a public uh, discussion on Juneteenth and what it means. I was very happy to do that. <clears throat> the National Juneteenth Committee uh, had a very exciting uh, event that was done uh, with, uh, you know, via Zoom, and we talked about the significance of it and what it meant and how is it that we should understand it. And so it's celebration. It's celebration of our efforts, you know, our accomplishments. Sometimes they are small accomplishments. They are steps. Some people say they might be baby steps, but that's good. We need to have steps, and we need to understand how we were able to make those steps successfully. And very clearly, Juneteenth uh, gives us a chance to look at it. very. Uh, s- people that are coming on, I greatly appreciate if you, If you mind muting your mics, because as you come on, uh, we can hear everything you say. <clears throat> so if you will mute your mics, that would be greatly appreciated. But nevertheless, the, again, the Juneteenth celebration was one that we could highlight and hurl uh, many of the accomplishments that were done, And like I said, regardless of how small or how big. Uh, they all count. They all count towards, towards something. And we must continue to do that. That is the purpose of history, African-American history, black history, African history. Uh, we must see what has been done, use those blueprints to, uh, continue to, to make the fight forward. And so that's what we've been doing here at the Black Reality Think Tank for about the last eight years, uh, trying to share with you, our audience, uh, some of the history and accomplishments of our people, talk about it from a blueprint standpoint, and then how can we incorporate some of those tactics, if possible, in our efforts today. <clears throat> And uh, we have looked at several things over the the years and months, and we want to continue to do that if the the good Lord is willing to let us continue. And so right now, we're going to keep moving. Uh, Tonight, we're going to uh, talk with a young man who is extremely, very creative. Uh, He clearly embraces that Nguzo Saba principle of Kuumba, uh, which is that Creativity and he is uh, developing an art form that is used to teach, and you need that. We have we have to teach our young people. We have to grab their attention, and we have to do it kind of generationally. Uh, we have to be able to do things that will reach them at their age groups or where they stand in life and catch their attention. And so um, he's doing that, and he's joining a long group of people uh, uh, in this process, and tonight we are looking at it from from a phrase called Afrofuturism, as a concept called Afrofuturism, and uh, I don't quite know where this term began, uh, but uh, in and nevertheless, it would become now, as we've been, you know, okay, uh, please, ladies and sisters, brothers and sisters, coming on the line, Please make sure your mics are muted. I want to make sure that we don't uh, uh, disrupt the sound. I know sometimes it's difficult. You don't know that. But I just want to just kind of let you know if we can hear you real loud and clear. So please make sure you do that. So uh, nevertheless, going back, uh, talking about uh, this concept called Afrofuturism, uh, we don't know, like I said, I don't know quite where it began, but Afrofuturism would become now as we've been forced to adopt it uh, to a new form of technology. It's not just to complete the school term, but uh, it's to help us go about our daily lives. And so, um, for instance, at the University of uh, California at Los Angeles, in their Department of African American Studies, they are teaching a course called Afrofuturism. And there is a uh, brother there named Professor Duke, who uh, has began to paraphrase Angela Davis and and use some of the language of our elders and our ancestors uh, to sort of incorporate and expand, you know, uh, this terminology. So as I said, it's a uh, it's not new, but we see it sometimes. We don't necessarily call it Afrofuturist, but it clearly is that. And our guest tonight is very clearly one that can be placed in that category. Um, there was a, for instance, there was a new, recently, a sci-fi musical that was called Neptune Forest. I'm sorry, Neptune Frost, F-R-O-S-T, Neptune Frost. And it was set in a Rwandan village that was constructed with computer parts. And it tells the story of an intersex hacker and a coal tained miner who lead an anarchist uprising against their oppressors. The film uh, was lauded for its Afrofuturistic vision. It is only one of the more recent works to engage in the transformative speculation of Afrofuturism. It's kind of like a cultural movement that pulls from the elements of science fiction, magical realism, speculative fiction, and African history. Undergirding this movement is a longing to create a more just world. And that's an old adage. We have always used things to uh, attempt to try to tell the story in a way. One of the masters of using fiction uh, to talk about history and to look at things that we may not have looked at before is the great Toni Morrison. Uh, Toni Morrison's works and books use fiction, and she created it in a way to tell history, uh, to tell the history that we knew Sometimes we couldn't prove it or document it, but very clearly it, uh, it it was known and it was used. And I think one of the, the landmark works of Tony Boston was um, uh, the one with the recent film that was done. slipping my mind right now. But uh, um, Beloved. Beloved was the, the major piece of that. And as a matter of fact, she introduced something and a concept that I had not personally taken uh, seriously as a historian until I read Tony Morrison's book. And that was the whole idea of uh, mothers who would take the life of their children rather than have them put back in slavery. And the infant side policy that was used by many of our ancestors to do that. I had not taken that seriously. But there's a whole body of knowledge of work on the history of that. And Coney uh, Morrison very clearly uh, you know, used that as a tactic. And then there's another, another uh, a source coming out of history that used a kind of Afrofuturism work to kind of talk about history and, and, and sell the idea to our people in a contemporary sense was the work by the great Langston Hughes. Uh, Langston Hughes created a character called Simple, S-E-M-P-L-E, Simple. And what he did in that character, he made him speak as a revolutionary. His name was Jesse B. Simple, and the name of the book was Negro American. Um, And actually, what he, he 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 actually published a book about Simple called Simple Speaks His Mind, and he did that in 1950. And then he wrote another book called Simple Takes a Wife. Now, this is a fictitious character, but he has historical roots. And when he talks, he talks about history. He ended up becoming what is equivalent to a, a, a Malcolm X uh, and some of those other great orators out of Harlem that you saw, uh, those soapbox orators. Uh, that was Jesse B. Simple. And Hughes pulled Jesse together around 1940, in the 1940s. And he was talking about it, and he was an uneducated man from Harlem. He was about a man about the town who speaks a delightful brand of English and who from his stool at a place called Patty's Bar uh, comments both wisely and hilariously on many things. And he talked a lot about women, and he talked about race. And then he was an unusual character in several respects. And actually, he was futuristic. He was a man ahead of his time. Uh, that wasn't the normal way that brothers in Harlem did in the '40s. But Jesse B. Simple, uh, and according to Langston Hughes' creation, uh, did it. He wrote a uh, Hughes uh, wrote a column uh, for the Chicago Defender uh, about Jesse B. Simple. And I heard about Jesse B. Simple uh, back in the 60s when I uh, was at high school. And my, my dad told me about, asked me, had I ever read Simple? And I didn't know what he was talking about. I said, No, I've never read that. What is that? He said, You need to go to the library and find some books on Jesse B. Simple. And he was a strong revolutionary ideologist. But again, it was the ideologist, it was the ideology of Langston Hughes. But it was the ideology of Langston Hughes that the contemporary world might not have listened to unless it was put out in a futuristic way. Black Panther was an Afrofuturistic concept. Uh, It was designed to paint what the possibility of the future would be with black folk in a kingdom, with their own kingdom. And let me say, it was not something new. Black folk had had their own kingdom. But if you try to look at it and study it, it would be difficult for young people to understand. They wouldn't want to hear that. They wouldn't want to listen to that. Uh, The great Malian kingdoms, uh, the kingdoms of Ghana, uh, uh, and so many ancient African kingdoms were examples of the whole Black Panther concept and idea. And uh, as a result, we can look at, when we look at Haiti and the whole Haitian idea, Haitian had a kingdom like that. Uh, and so it's an idea that is an excellent tool. One of the best people, I guess, is of uh, looking at it, and then we're going to go to our guest, was uh, Octavia Butler. <clears throat> Octavia Butler's work, clearly Afro-futuristic, and as a matter of fact, the terminology may have generated with her and some of the works that she was doing. Uh, she, she asked her audience to think about how society can be made safe for everyone. She asked that question in her writing, and so through her, her works like Parable, she had a series of works called Parable Novels, set in a dystopian U.S., And she models the communities and practices rooted in sustainability, genuine equity, and mutual respect. She created those communities uh, in her work and painted a picture of what was possible. And writers do that. And they can be good at that. And they can make it so that it's very easy to see and explain. So that's the idea of Afrofuturism. And I wanted to bring that in. As we get ready to introduce our guest, because he's created uh, a sort of form like that, and and as again as an, as another part, uh, it also embraces music. Afrofuturism is very cre- creatively uh, a part of music. There were some jazz musicians back in the early '60s, people like Sun Ra, uh, who were very clearly Afrofuturistic. And their music was reaching out to a different audience, using jazz and the fusism of jazz together uh, and making powerful work. And as I said earlier, UCLA, University of California, Los Angeles, was very active in creating this school of artists. And they still are to this day. Their, their, uh, Their magnetism is very powerful. There's an energy base at UCLA that's creating that Afrofuturism. And I am, I'm using some time to talk about it because I want you to realize this is an important part of change. We're always talking about how to change something. But you have to—you may have to change it with energy, energy from the creative spirit of African people. And that's what Afrofuturism is. Uh, another movement uh, Octo- that Octavia uh, Butler had, uh, a lot of her stuff came from a, a, a critic whose name was Mark DeWry. And he had coined the term back in a book, an essay he wrote called Black to the Future. Black to the Future. You can Google that and uh, go in and read that article. It's, it's still available online. And so this thing got so exciting, for instance, that Los Angeles uh, Public Library opened up a, a laboratory, and they called it the Octavia Lab. And it was a do-it-yourself studio space, uh, named in the honor of the guy that created that Black to the Future and Octavia Butler. And recently, the Octavia Butler Lab used something called, used their 3D printers. They have printers that were able to produce 3D. And uh, the kind of technology, basically, that Afrofuturism celebrates and so to produce personal protective equipment for health care workers. So they actually applied that into a practical sense. And so these are the kinds of things that Afrofuturism can do. Tonight our guest uh, uh, is Mr. Kendale Allen. Uh, he is uh, from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and uh, Brother Kendall has uh, created a um, a cartoon series, but he's done it electronically, and I'm going to let him tell you about it. And this cartoon series talks about history, talks about the slave trade, so that my little grandson, the six or seven, uh, will will pay attention to it. Uh, and I watch them and how they how they look at cartoons and what cartoons mean uh, to them. Uh, they can tell a story. Young people in that way, and uh, he has created it uh, a series, and it is available. It is now currently um, on uh, YouTube, and uh, he's going to go places with this. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting him uh, maybe about uh, four or five years ago here in Milwaukee, and uh, he was uh, Brother Alfonso Watkins had brought him uh, to the table in a community group that we had. And he came and talked a little bit about uh, this whole process of what he was doing and what he was trying to do and how he was going to reach out. Very active. Uh, He Recently, during the Juneteenth celebration, over the weekend, uh, produced some graphic materials for the worldwide Juneteenth committee as well. So with that, let me introduce him to you, our audience. Uh, His name is Brother Kendall Allen. Uh, he is definitely an Afrofuturist, and I do appreciate him. Good afternoon, Brother Alex. How are you doing? i
4: okay. Baba Rogers. Yes, sir.
3: How yes. Are you? Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and agreeing to talk about your work. Uh, why don't you go on and explain it to us, what you are doing, how you saw your, what you're doing. I mean, you may not have called it Afrofuturism, so what, what do you call it? What do you say the work that you're doing? How would you describe it and package it?
4: Oh, man. Uh, thanks for asking. Uh, once again, thank you for inviting me to your show, and it's a pleasure to be here. Um, yes, man, when you brought up futuristic, uh, that's what it is. You know, it's Afro-futuristic. Uh, in, a, in a nutshell, I look at it as if it's, it's me trying to manifest uh a solution, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, to us being able to unify. So I wanted to say, I wanted to create something that says, okay, what does black liberation or African liberation look like, and how can I get people involved? And I said, this is something that is not, it, it, it can be plausible, but also at the same time it will spark, it was spark discussion, mm-hmm. like how we did at the Black Elders Council right you know it was it was all about discussions creating thinking 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 and i knew a lot of people when they watched it you know i got a lot of down talk like well Kendell, you can't possibly think this don't happen like you can't possibly think well i know one thing when i read books when i watched certain movies it got me thinking and this mm-hmm. is what i wanted to create something that gets us thinking about what's possible if we did unite okay mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? because us as uh, you want to call yourself black african or africans in the diaspora uh, we do have a hard time unifying here in america and all around the world mm-hmm. you know and um i knew um the only way i could really show uh that from my mindset was to create uh, a film, a, a, a
3: TV series like this. Okay. So yeah, it's Afro futuristic. Beautiful, beautiful, and I mean, <clears throat> very clearly, you're right. That sometimes you you know you want you want like I said, we want change. Everybody realizes we want change. Uh, but w- what does that look like? You know, and that's the question we have to ask. What what could that look like? What what would I like for it to look like? You know, I've even used that in doing things like our mentoring program. We mentoring young males, young African American males, what what do I when when I finish mentoring him and thing is over, what do I want to be able to see in him in the work that we have done? You know, and that's extremely important. That's visioning. And you are able to envision, you know, where somebody is and what they're doing. Envisioning is a very important mind process in terms of making success out of your project. You have to see it. You know, and I think that even the even the religious spiritual texts tell us you got to see it first <laughs> before you can make it happen in order to believe it you got to see it and I think that's you what, what you've done so why don't you go in and scribe, begin to describe to us a little bit about your project what is it that we are going to see what is it that how you going to use this craft uh to tell this story and what story are you going to tell
4: Okay, so yeah, so I'm I'm using uh, animation, mm-hmm. um, so 2D animation characters, something like you know South Park, um, and something like the Boondocks. And mm-hmm. the reason why I chose animation was because um, when I wrote the film, when I wrote the TV series four years ago, um, I was uh, trying to shoot the series uh, in a regular format, uh, as you would say, real time, mm-hmm. regular cameras. And what happened was literally (laughs) in St. Louis, when we were about to, we already had all the actors and everything together. The next day, once we was about to shoot, the pandemic started, like it it was crazy. So when the pandemic started, everybody like just left me hanging. Like, you know, and I understood because, you know, it was a lot of elders that was involved and then, you know, things like that. But yeah, I was left basically you know, with no way of putting it out, so I told myself, okay, well, what's the next vaccine? I remember a longtime friend had bought me an animation program two years of, two years prior for my birthday, and I tried to use it that that those um, uh, the the day, the year that they bought it, right? Mm-hmm. And it was so hard to use, <laughs> I gave up on it, put it on the shelf. I didn't totally give up, but tell me why. When I revisited after everybody had walked away and said, should let it go, I ended up teaching myself how to learn that program in two weeks. And when I taught myself how to learn that program in two weeks, I was then able to create this TV series and, and to pre- be able to present the story that I had ri- written four years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's how, I, that's, how <clears throat> that. that's the only reason why people bless you. That's the only reason why people can see it now because it's, 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 it's 160 pages packed into content where I knew I need the audience to be able to visualize it at the same time as listening. Beautiful, And, beautiful. um, it's, is that, it's, it's that powerful where I knew, wow, I, I don't have to wait on placing people in certain areas now. You know, yeah, I'm only the only person animating, I'm the only person t- telling the story,
5: but
4: it's visual, I can share it, it's I can instantly give it out once I'm done and it's that's that. Okay, okay. And what was the other question that you
3: had with it? Well, yeah, that that's mainly it. I was trying to to get an okay. idea of uh, mm-hmm. your your visioning process and how you know just how, how you were unit. it. that's the purpose of the question. But so let me follow up with this. Um, where's the influence coming for you to use this Format to tell the story. Where's <laughs> oh, this coming man.
4: from? It, oh man, I'm gonna tell you. Okay, it's okay. I'm gonna just get straight to the point because I ain't gonna. <laughs> it is. Um, I realized to myself after I was uh, 26. Mm-hmm. I realized I had went into a stage in my life where I wanted to use my talents for good. Like I knew at 26, after I had went through a traumatic um uh, uh, uh downfall because of I was laced the drug, mm-hmm. and I knew after I had came out of that drug, I told myself I was so scared I need to do something with my life and and have a legacy. so get straight to the point I um basically told myself, I don't know how, but it just happened in my spirit that I said I must lead my people from evil, my mission is to lead my people from evil. And to regenerate the circle of life. Mm-hmm. So I I I, li- I start living by that, and then as I start living by that, I start understanding when I dream. I started having dreams, and I tell myself, "Ooh, I start writing them down." So when I start writing my dreams down, because a lot of my dreams have to do with like moving for some reason, and and, 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 and understanding how to unify. I then st- those were kind of like my topics. So literally after that. I started creating what's in my heart. I literally didn't read books to do what I did. It came out of me. And Mm. uh, I didn't, yeah, I was guided by my spirit to do it. Like um, a lot of the knowledge that's in the TV series. Now, a lot of the knowledge as far as like, okay, uh, you know, certain statistics and, you know, certain things that I will learn from like, like, Dr. Amos Wilson and you know, people like that that I've studied, uh, there's a lot of that information in there. Mm -hmm. As far Mm -hmm. as like the influence to create a content that's solution-based and that can make, create uh, conversations and discussions that can lead to a more broader solution where it's it's more, like my goal was to basically use the talents I have here to unite us Africans in Africa
5: mm-hmm. and get
4: them to think like, oh, wow, he's talking about us from over in America. Mm-hmm. He really want us to do this. Like, so that was the influence like to unify all of us. How? It, it don't matter. Can I spark that? And that's my thing. Can I spark that?
3: Okay, okay. So you actually had started even before Black Panther came out and and all of that uh, um, uh, Marvel comic stuff that they were doing, Spider Man, and all of that—you you had started oh, long, yeah, Yeah, okay, Great.
4: way before, yeah, yeah.
3: Okay, now tell us even a little bit Black of Black Panther. Uh huh. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead, say.
4: I was going to say, even though Black Panther was already written by a Marvel team way before I was probably born, you know, so, right because uh, the character is obviously what the character is from those minds. I knew when I went to go see the Black Panther mm-hmm. that the Black Panther, uh, was, uh, definitely an eye opener to, you know, to unify so many blacks to come see a movie of majority all black characters in a like a, a superheroistic, unifying way. Mm-hmm. And I, um, but I knew, um, uh, I'm not gonna compete with them. I don't want to compete with them, but I did know one thing. I knew the goal is solution on the way of how how much uh, like real realistic can we be when it comes to solution, though. Mm-hmm. Like as far as steps, mm-hmm. like, what steps? Because right now, like I said, the brothers and sisters in Africa, you know, and the brothers and sisters in the diaspora, it's it's to the point where it's like you always hear, oh, African people don't like African Americans, and then it's like, I know there's, uh, there's there's so much of that going over it, going around, it's like we must, I must create something where it's like, listen, we need to put that to the side, he say, she say it's time for us to unify and get on board with these other ethnicities who are dominating the world when it comes to uh, you know, wealth uh, creations and uh, and being able to unify when it comes to tragic moments.
3: Okay, 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 okay. Let's talk a little bit about the storyline that you are using <clears throat> uh, to tell the story. Uh, do you have a central character? Um,
4: yeah.
3: Tell so. Tell us a little bit about that.
4: Okay, the, cent- <laughs> the central character name is Dale. Which is my nickname, Dale. Okay. And his name is actually Dale Golden in the film, TV series. And Dale is a normal kid who basically wants change. His mama is a Christian. He uh, is not. He's friends with a brother who uh, name is Enjia, who name stands for the state of mind that results from living with I, uh and you know, and thinking uh, prosperous thoughts, right? And victorious thought Mm -hmm. so he's stuck in between that and he's saying to himself i just want to unify my people and i want to be able to give uh give my all to be able to unify my people so Mm -hmm. that's essential that's who the, the center uh character is he's just one of those kids who just realized that he he don't care what background we're from, what ethnicity we are. He knows that at the end of the day, what what uh, culture he predominantly is for is tore um came from, and that he knows that there's a situation that's going on that's bigger than than us, and that we need to unify like the whites, the Jews, the the uh, Asians. You know, we need to unify. And mm-hmm. He's like, no, I want us to unify. We need to. Put down the, the, the shield of I'm a Christian, I'm a Muslim, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Aten or whatever. You know, we need to, hey, let's just, why we just can't work together. Okay. Because if we don't work together, we need to do something about
3: that. Oh, I love it. <clears throat> Man, I love it. Oh, I love that. Okay, so real quick, kind of quickly, give us one storyline that you have done so far. Uh, the one I looked at was, uh, it was a, something with a slave ship. Going across the waters, and you were kind of reading out some stats. Uh, was uh, that what? That what would tell us a little bit about you? Let's use that one as the one. That we won't go into all of, but we'll we'll just use that one as one.
4: Okay. Well, that one was Doctor Quab. Uh, that was uh, Baba Quabana. He did the narration on that piece.
3: Okay. Who who did that? Uh, I
4: wrote, Brother Quabena, oh yeah, like brother,
3: yeah, right. brother Quabena, yeah. yeah, right.
4: Yeah, yeah, I also, yeah, yeah. I also got him doing the libation at the end of the TV series. Wonderful, yeah, he, so yeah, right? yeah mm hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, um, so you want to know about the slave ship storyline? Yeah, what was the, the
3: story the on the slave, slave ship?
4: Okay, so basically, when at the beginning you see the slave ship is fully intact, right? Right. While he's speaking. And then at the end, you will notice that the slave ship is not intact anymore.
5: Mm-hmm. And then
4: you will notice the woman that's singing at the end saying, freedom. I'd rather be dead than to be a slave. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and so that means at the end, when you've seen the slave ship all tore up, them people destroyed and fought and made sure that slave ship did not reach the shores of their oppressors. So and that goes to show that many people fought and refused to be a slave and willing to die and kill every kill themselves and everybody on that slave ship to 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 not be enslaved. So that mentality is why a lot of us who also you know uh, our ancestors who had made it to shore they probably fought and couldn't couldn't beat them. You know couldn't Uh beat their slave owners. You know what I'm saying and. And they still was fighting strong, you know? And so that's pretty much what that storyline was about. Just basically, you know, the slave ship was intact, but <laughs> towards the end, nobody made it to the shore. Okay, you know? okay. That's that's, that's that's strength and power right there.
3: Now, you know where I see that as being so valuable? I see that because a lot of young people, and even a lot of students at the university, used to think that the Africans didn't fight back. Uh, mm. I remember... A lot of students used to ask me, say, well, "Professor Rogers, why didn't they just fight back?" You know, I said they did every day. <laughs> you, know? you know, and so what you do is give a chance to pinpoint that into that did fight back. You know, and they won some; they didn't lose them all either. You know, it's just, yeah. uh, and so you do. That's that's I like I like the fact that you you using that as a as a way of doing that. So so that how many series do you have so already?
4: Well, it's a total of five. Okay. Five seasons. Okay. All right. Five
3: seasons. Is there? Is it? Is it? Is it yet? Uh, is it? How is it being released right now? Are you waiting to, to get a network to pick it up, or are you releasing it now? How, how? What is the process now? The business process. Now? Oh, okay. Well,
4: to be honest with you, let's just go straight in. Okay. Okay. Um all five seasons are medically powerful the first season is amazing but all of them together equals wow okay so okay. let's just say the first season i'm giving away for free right okay i want people to understand i'm giving it away giving it away for free in that format that people will see on youtube okay right so it's going to be that way but season 2 season 3 season 4 season 5 they will be uh in a different animation form. Okay. And they will be uh invested into heavily and then I will refurbish season one. So basically season one is basically just uh the fundraiser.
3: It's a teaser, right? yeah, but kind of like a teaser. Yeah.
4: Okay. That's it. That's it. Well, season one is just a teaser. I want the world to see it. Um I'm about to invest heavily on the marketing. Uh okay. my goal is a $1,000 a month starting off on marketing, and then I'm going to raise it up as I get, you know, as I start fundraising. Okay. And and, and that's my goal right now, is to just first, you know, put the first season out, you know, start fundraising, I mean, start marketing a $1,000 a month and marketing to all the black networks that I know that accept money for marketing purposes. Right. And um, uh, I'm going to reach out to like David Banner, uh d l Hughley. okay uh, i got okay. a list of uh black uh entertainers and uh networks to reach out on a lower level that can actually get it out broadly because they have like millions of followers right right
3: right don't forget the uh, um um dave chappelle he does a lot of that
4: oh yeah yeah think, yeah you think, dave. Can, you think i have a i can get a contact to reach him uh I,
3: yeah i'll 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 talk i'll call you and talk to you about it. Okay. Definitely remind me, please remind me to do it, I, but I will. Yeah, I do have a contact for Daisy Bell. Uh, I definitely ain't
4: going to, I'm okay. definitely going to contact you. Yeah, okay, yeah, uh, definitely I, do it. It's all about the money, and I got it to give it because this is my baby, you know, financial yeah. literacy and african Cinema. This is, the, yes. this is all I'm focused on.
3: If any uh, of our listening audience that's on um, has a contact as well, um, by all means... Um, uh, how can they reach you? How can they um, get to you?
4: Oh, okay. So my email is uh, super, S-U-P-E-R, K as in kind, so superkvideos with an S dot gmail.com. So that's superkvideos at com. I could be reached there, and we can go forward with any type of conversation that's appropriate. Yes. Yeah.
3: Okay. Now, if they want to look at a sample of your your work, how can they do that?
4: Oh, okay, yeah. So, if they want to check out the... I'll be releasing all my episodes, the first season episodes um, on my YouTube channel. And you can type in my YouTube uh, channel uh, as Super K Videos. So, that's S-U-P-E-R-K Videos with an S. Um, And you'll you'll see it. Um, I have a little... Uh, spaceship-looking uh, person on the uh, the profile, but other than that, you'll see Super K videos, and you'll be able to find me right then and there.
3: Okay, okay. Now, what what, <clears throat> what do you hope? Uh, what is your goal and objective? I mean, and I mean, some of that's uh, already apparent. That Which you know, what your goal is, and objective, is, but what specifically would you like to be able to see happen uh, from your 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 work here uh, that you can that you can, that's tangible. What what would you like to see that's tangible uh, from the results of this?
4: Man, tangible. Um. Well, I can say this um, honestly. Tangible. I would say I would like to see more of our. Of Africans in a diaspora, uh-huh. and Africans in Africa unite more. So being able to go over and be to Africa and unite, and you know things like that. Like I don't, I think that's as deep as I could get with it because as far as I can easily say money, you know. Okay. But I know my my goal is deeper. It's it's a it's a legacy. Okay. So I need for I want to see our people really. Pick this up and just unify. Okay, and I think they can get it once I put once they see all five seasons. I, I think once they see the first season, they'll truly get it. But they'll, yeah, five seasons understand.
3: Now, if somebody who's listening now uh, say, "Well, oh man, I'd like to help that brother." Out. What 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 is uh, outside of just donating money? And I know you want them to donate money too. But outside of that, <laughs> is there other things that they can do to help? Uh, in terms of uh, moving this project forward, I mean you want them to man. donate that 's why i'm not saying that they shouldn't donate but <laughs> but what else
4: oh man, oh yes, um, just you know being able to share it, you know sharing the, the episode, you know being able to you know uh just being able to you know push it you know because i'm do- I, i've been so locked in on the computer, just creating. Right. I've never been the. I've never been the type to be in the light. I've never been the type to be in the light, as far as like in front of the cameras and things like that. I've Always been like a low key person. But I know that in order for me to do what I'm doing, I have to be not only the face of my work, but I also it takes unity, you know, to take action at this moment and in, in, in this progress at this time. Uh, so I, I do need help with you know, sharing this content and, and, you know, getting it to people, whether it's connect, you know, to brothers and sisters who uh, can help push it further, you know, uh, and that's pretty much what I would say, just sharing it and, you know, and reaching out to me to, you know, if they have any connections or things like that because my goal, ooh, just because you're bringing that up, like my goal is to have a research team, like like how we did with the Black Count, uh the council. Right. I really want to like. My goal is to have a research team because I know once I raise the funds to really produce all, you know, the episodes uh, efficiently. I, before I start putting the films out and refurbishing them, I would like to then have a a a, a, a research team and a think tank team, right, mm-hmm. to be able to hey, How can we make this episode way better? Okay, no.
3: good. That's good. Advisory. Okay. Sort of like an advisory board. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, yeah you definitely need my, that. I love it. You yeah. definitely need that. Now, um, can schools, um, I mean, it's not anything in here that's uh, the content rated X or anything like that. Could, could schools <laughs> benefit, you think, from this? You
4: know, I get asked that a lot, and, and I, I would say this. I would say this, and I'm, I believe schools are still sensitive to, you know, the type of um, um, history that's the way it's being taught. I feel like since my content is is basically not only telling um, the the history, but it's also they would call it radical, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they would throw the they would throw it out of context and just say that well you're black. Trying to start a riot to you know it's okay up yeah I see I see
3: what you're saying yeah well you know um, I um, during my working years I worked for a uh, African immersion uh, school here in, 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 in there in Milwaukee and um, I, the, the principal now I know very well maybe I can find a way to sort of help you connect to her uh, and talk to her about uh, you know using your film for her she would be open for that it would not be anything she wouldn't be open to because that's the kind of thing that they were doing it was an African immersion program Uh, and that's right there on Concordia Dr. King Elementary and so if you when you're ready I'll give her a call and maybe you can just go up there and meet with her how's that brother Kendale Brother there, he might have got. It. Yeah,
4: I would love to. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, I would love to. My phone had went out. I'm sorry.
3: Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's let's look at that. We'll talk about that later and <clears throat> do that. Okay. Uh, before we go to the top of the hour, because I want to mm-hmm. go to our audience, see if they uh, have some things that they might want to put. Uh, tell us a little bit about the. What does it cost to produce something like this? I mean. I don't want to get too much into your business, but but I just would be interested. This is a, a very expensive venture. Yeah, I know you gotta yeah.
4: have
3: gotta have the software yeah. and the studios and the computers and all that stuff.
4: No, actually, well, I, let, let me. I'm gonna break it down like this, and I'm gonna keep it very simple. Okay. Now, since I'm the animator mm-hmm. and I am the and I am the writer. All it, only thing it to me was I had my nine hundred dollar desktop. Okay. And um, I bought the program for about like a hundred and eighty bucks. Okay. And it took me two weeks to learn. So pretty much, it only costed me time. Okay. It only costed me time. Of uh, it took me probably like, like I said, four years to write it and I, and I, and the only reason why it took me 4 years to write it was because I didn't want to just write from my head. I wanted to make sure it was a lot of data in it, you mm-hmm. know, that you could look at. And then as far as the time to do the animation it took time, but other than that no, it wasn't expensive. It was more time consuming than expensive. Now, if I would have had you know, to hire animators and you know, other writers and things like that, then yeah, yeah, it would have been expensive, because this is easily uh, a project like this—seven uh, episodes for the first season—easy. Hmm. I could say, uh, easy two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars from the way that I'm doing it.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay.
4: Easy. It's just easy. Yeah. Okay. All right. I could probably more.
3: <laughs> now, now is your studio uh, um, uh, away from your house, or is it uh, in your home? You use it. You use it at home. Is that the way you do it? Yeah, yeah, studios in my house. Yep. Oh, okay, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I know you sent me a picture of some uh your work and I noticed that you definitely got some pretty decent material in there, you know, equipment. Yeah. And that's good. That's great. Yeah, this is a this is a dynamic project concept <clears throat> to get through. I I want to um kind of talk a little bit about some of the the other uh, so the other people out that are doing this because like I said this has been done um, throughout history obviously they didn't use this method because it, you know the technology wasn't there uh, but mm-hmm. they used other forms of it uh, and it was used to influence people and uh, very clearly there's some, some idealists who think that it's also therapeutic uh, mm-hmm. t- to help be able to create the vision of a future uh, that you can live with that's that's very very therapeutic, uh, in terms of doing that. So we want to kind of uh, talk about that a little bit, and uh, look at some other areas that you're doing. So let's take a, a quick break. Uh, we're going to come back. You know, we're you're listening to the Black Reality Think Tank. Uh, we're uh, talking to Brother Kendale Allen. Uh, he is a, uh, a Afro futurist, and he has a gift that he has uh, developed. To help our people understand about their history and their culture, and uh, we're just so happy to have him, you know, on and uh, to look at that whole idea. And that's not anything new; it's been done a long time. And so we're going to, uh, all right. Just take this quick break, and we'll be right back, Brother Kendall. Mm-hmm.
1: Medical Clinic. We serve uninsured, underinsured, and insured individuals. Open Monday through Thursday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Urgent Care Clinic Friday and Saturday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Call for an appointment at 414 988 3079 Finley Medical Clinic is accepting new patients, vaccines, and screenings for uninsured, underinsured, and insured. Located at 10721 West Capitol Drive, Suite 110. Call our office for an appointment today. at. You are listening
0: to Black Reality Think Tank with host Dr. William Rogers on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
3: Thank you, my sisters and brothers. We are back. We are talking with Mr. Brother Kendall Allen, who is an Afrofuturist artist, and he has created a series, a cartoon series, uh, to help young people understand the history, culture, and what the world would look like if we decided to build liberation and work for change in our community. And so he's been giving us a background view of what that work is like in the Look at the whole idea of Afrofuturism. I remember, actually, like I said, a lot of times. I mean, the coin, the phrase Afrofuturism is new, uh, but the concept is old. And I remember, uh, even as a young man, there were a lot of Afrofuturistic uh, things that were coming at us, and a lot of it was based on um, uh, music. A lot, a lot from music. I think one of my first. Introductions, I guess, are something that we could consider Afro-futuristic, was I remember going to Madison Square Garden to a concert back in the 70s, and I was young, and saw this spaceship coming out of the ceiling of Madison Square Garden and landing on the stage, and this brother came out with these big uh, knee-high boots on uh, by the name of George Clinton, called Funkadelic, the funk, <laughs> you know, and I, I mean, it blew me out of the water. Everybody, when he stepped out of that spaceship, the whole audience just went up screaming. Uh, that was Afrofuturism. And I mean, obviously, like I said, you didn't call it that. But George Clinton and the concept of the mothership on stage, this was back around 1979, eight, six, or somewhere in there. Uh, I know my good friend, Brother Herbie White's out there in the audience. I know he remembers <laughs> George Clinton back in those days. And it wasn't just that it was symbolic of Afrofuturism, because like I said, the name wasn't even out there then. But Clinton, what he did, he dared to go there, and he turned his narrative into an embodied experience for our people. A spaceship that flies over my head and blows psychotechnics. Uh, And then all of a sudden he exits, and I'm transported to a world of sci-fi black champions. So it's that too. It's daring. It's a daring art form to create one's relationship to this present and push the boundaries. That's what we're trying to do, push the boundaries in order to help us grow. And then uh, even more recent, you know, you've got afro future musicians such as Kamazi Washington, you know, that brother. Uh, beautiful music uh, that he is creating and developing. And, he's, and he even says he relates to the science fiction and the surrealist aspects of the Afrofuturist movement. So he's, he's also. A very powerful figure in this So We don't want to underplay this music form. It's growing. And it's teaching. And it's grabbing our young people. And then Stevie. Stevie Wonder. You know. He uh, put out that album about. Uh, life and. Uh, music in the form. The Secret Life of Plants. That's futuristic stuff at the time. That he did that. And. And. Uh, but again, what does it do? It pushes the boundaries of our thinking, opens up our minds to, to take in those areas that we didn't think before. And in doing that, we can create a world and a vision uh, that can, uh, can, can liberate us. First of all, it can heal us mentally. And then Black Panther did a powerful job of what it would do. It had everybody talking. Now, I mean, everybody was dealing with the, the impact of, of all of this. And again, it's, a, it's dealing with a future without limits. And that's when Octavia Butler and a lot of the work she's doing uh, is doing the same thing. And then they say that there are some hip-hop folks now uh, that, you know, are doing things like that. Like the group like The Roots <coughs> are sort of Afrofuturistic. And so, uh, Brother Kimball is joining that group. Those folks like that, and he's coming in with his work. Uh, Brother Kimball, what is the name of your series?
4: Um, Since it's not fully uh, being released fully, okay. fully, I'm only just releasing the episode, uh, the, the season one. Okay. And I'm not revealing the name yet, okay. but it's a powerful <laughs> Okay. It's a powerful no. name. We're good. We're good. So right now it's just
3: African code. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's go over here. Brother Lush, what you gotta say about this young brother? You got any encouraging words for him? Good good evening,
2: uh, Dr. Rogers, and good evening, Brother Kendall. It's a pleasure to hear you. Yes. Um, I'm curious to know with regards to how do you develop characters? Um, mm-hmm. for those of us who are elders, right? Um to, to, kind of put into your um, your storyline at all. Um, you know, when I think of futuristic uh, Afrofuturism, um, i think there's, uh, uh, the only group that would tap into that right would be that group that would do it that would be doing anime um, or those kinds and types of of, of uh, characters that the young folks would identify. I'm just curious to know how would you develop. Uh, characters for elders to start to gravitate towards your kind and type of work?
1: That's a good um,
4: question. So, that's a, a good question. Uh, basically, so, I can specifically say for my TV series, um, my TV series is for all ages, and once people see the all the... the you know, from the season one all the way to season five, especially in season one, um, I have elders and things like that. So I feel like I feel like this for everyone. And to and when and when the time comes and I get the the, the funding that I need to be able to produce uh, the show the way I really want to produce it, uh, which is not animation form, but really in real time form. Um, and and then people will be able to all ages really gravitate towards it. I feel uh-huh. like right now, since animation is the only way, since COVID had hit, that I can do it in in cartoon form. Because I don't want people thinking because mm. it's in cartoon form that um, it's um, not for everyone. Uh, it's in only in cartoon form because of the of what's possible. And what's and, and how I can get it to the audience real quick. So uh to answer your question, um I feel like the film is for all and it just hasn't been released yet for true understanding yet, but it's it's gonna get there.
3: All the best to you, brother. Thank
4: you, no problem.
3: <clears throat> brother Herbie, any thoughts?
2: Uh, yes, good evening, Dr. Rogers Good and evening, Brother Good evening, Brother Allen You know, this is very exciting and very encouraging You know, new ideas and we need as many ideas and activities as we can get to help us extricate ourselves from this evil that we're living under You know, you hear a lot of people say, Well, you know, I'm tired of marching. We've been marching for too long. I don't feel like marching. You know, well, instead of discouraging marching, why don't you go to the march and tell people at the march about your new ideas?
3: Yeah, good point. Yeah. You know, yeah.
2: everybody, everybody yeah. has any contribution anybody has is welcome. Yeah. So, and I just wish you would, you know, give the information where we can see what we can see right now.
4: Man, (laughs) all due respect, sir. Exactly. Like I've been in a cave for so long in a, in a, in a way where it's like, I just been focused on researching and writing and I've never been a person who had followers or, things like that and I wasn't really like talking to a person, I pretty much was just connected, you know, I just really was a person who just sat down and just was connected to the spirit that's within me and um, right now since I finished the writing and finished the animation, my goal now is to connect, my goal now is to figure out how to network and and meet people and to get this out there in the world and that's what I'm working on right now finding ways on how to do that. And I'll definitely write that one down and and, and see if, you know, if if I can connect with the brothers and sisters that's out there marching and and how I can make that possible in that format as well.
1: Good,
2: good. Uh, Okay, thank you. And from what you just said about how you operate, that's how most geniuses
4: operate. Mm.
1: Right. I feel that energy.
4: I feel that energy. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I feel that energy I really do. I, like I really, I had when I was set, when I sat down, and I realized my purpose. What my purpose was because the energy that set me down said you're you're not you're 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 using your talents for for bad. I'm about to take it away, and I felt it. I, I felt it. I mean, I was drained dry. I was. I mean, everything left. The women left. The cars gone. The money gone. It was weird. I'm telling you, it was, it was the weirdest place I ever been in my life. And I sat down in my room and I told myself, I'm too creative to just be thinking about sex. I'm too creative to be writing music, writing projects about just the normal stuff. I need to use my energy and my powers for something that's greater. And I knew this. I knew it was unity, unity between our people. I want unity for all things on Earth. <laughs> you know, right. but I know. With our people, we lost that through trauma and self-jealous and jealousy of one another and also oppressors. And I knew we didn't have that that, uh, that, uh, that energy like we used to when you read upon our ancestors back in the ancient times, how they had that? how they had a family story times and the elders, it was the libraries and stuff. And I feel like we might not get it back the way we had it, but I know that unity I know that powerful aspect. Mm-hmm. We get that back ain't nothing we can't do. So with that being said, that's that, that energy right there is what I'm waiting for and I sat down for it. I really did. I went when I went when, when I when I read a book that said that Spike Lee wrote a lot of his films in two weeks, right? Now mind you, in two weeks, of course. I could write a film in two weeks. You can write a film in two weeks. Anybody can write a film in two weeks not to come at Spike Lee because I'm not coming at Spike Lee. What I'm saying is my film took, TV series took four years because I was not just trying to write a movie or a TV series. I was trying, I was really creating a proposal. Like my TV series is an actual proposal to African African leaders in Africa saying, hey, what if the Africans in the diaspora, the Africans united come from the leadership in africa like what if you guys made a way for us to come there and what if you made it in a way where it's like hey you know we're gonna make you so comfortable when you get here you have your own home you have we have you have free food free water free education free health care you and then not and even though a lot of that goes on there i'm talking about as a unit now you know africa is separated into you know you got the muslims i mean the Arabs and you got, you know, different... But what I, I know it's predominantly a lot of us Africans in the diaspora... I mean, Africans there, if we unify them countries, even if we don't turn them into states, like, if we just unify those African leaders there, what if they brought us over there? And that's pretty much, like, my whole concept. Like, getting them to understand, hey, what if you... And then what if we... And then what if we all? Right. That type right. Of thing.
3: So, so basically, you've you got some... Pan African kind of ideas that you are looking at incorporating in this, because very clearly um, Black Panther was a had the winds of Pan Africanism uh, attached to it, you know, in a certain sense. So, but you are looking mm-hmm. at you know really carrying that message uh, in a stronger way. So, does that mean that you think that Pan Africanism is a way for us to uh, accomplish the, the liberation movement that we? that we are so adamant and be
4: wanting to fight? I believe so. I believe I believe that... I believe that... I'm, I'm going to just tell you honestly what I believe. Yes, I believe in Africa because I believe that it takes us to help us. Right. And I believe if we, as a unit, and whether that's us here in America, us in the diaspora, us in Africa, I believe if we don't unify, it's always going to be some type of Band-Aid a solution given by other ethnicities to say, hey, why haven't you guys got your stuff together? Right. Why is it taking you guys so long? Because after a while, we're going to run out of time if we don't unify because the earth is, is, is already unbalanced as far as itself. It's tired of the, the pollution. It's tired of the the interruptions of the diamonds being brought up, the gold being digged up, the oil being drained from its roots, knowing that the oil is mixed to stay in the earth for proper reasons, like the nutrients of the, like we running out of earth time as far as as a whole species of, of humans, right? And I believe that it's gonna take us Africans in the, and, and you know who who love nature, who to 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 create nation role model, uh, get yeah, role model nation again okay. to teach these nations, hey, it's time for us to stop this pollution side. And let's have
3: love. Okay, okay, I like that. I like that. Let me, <clears throat> brother Timothy. I know you you came on uh, just a little late. Did you get enough to uh, want to ask the young brother a question, brother Timothy? Okay, all right. I guess you were. Uh, but okay, now let me ask you this, uh, brother Kendale. We we're talking to for those who are just joined us. We we're talking to. Uh, Brother Kendall Allen, <clears throat> he is a young uh, afro filmmaker, and he has just created a, a, a series of films, cartoons, to use to teach young people African American history and culture, uh, to talk about coming together and creating a uh, visionary liberation that you can see could be possible in the physical and uh, he has given us some real important insight into how he's doing it, and to what his works. Again, uh, again, uh, Brother Kendall. Just for some of those who have just joined us, um, how, when how can they see your work? Or you can tell us a little bit about how they can reach out to you. And uh, do you have a website um, that you have created that talks about all of this, or just how can someone? Uh, look up your information, and if they want to reach out to you.
4: Oh yeah, no problem. Yeah, uh, you can reach me at super s u p e r k as in kind, so super k videos with an s at gmail dot com, and then you can watch the content. The first season will all the episodes for the first season will be released on YouTube. You just type in YouTube in the search bar, super k videos all together. So that's super k videos at gmail dot i mean i'm sorry super k videos and you'll see you'll see uh my uh profile for youtube
3: when would that so be when, do you have a time when would that happen
4: oh already uploaded the first episode already on super uh k videos uh youtube okay so good people can go see that right now okay great
3: and that's the first first yeah. series of uh
4: First episode. No, just the
3: first episode. First episode. We're releasing the episode every two weeks. Okay, good, good, very good. Mm-hmm. And we are talking to him um, uh, about his work. Let me ask you something. You, uh, you know, and if if you don't want to say, you can you can tell me that. I just wanted to ask in terms of comparing, um, you know, what our youth are doing and, and who our youth are, and what is it that we're trying to understand. What is, What is your age? I'm thirty three. Okay. All right. Yeah, young man. Okay, i good. Let me ask you, uh, uh, Kendell, uh, you know, as you look into our world, what do you see as the number one uh, challenge uh, for our people in terms of making a physical liberation happen? What is one of the things that you see that that sort of blocks things that you would like to see change
4: you know what? The honest truth is,
5: <laughs>
4: I believe we do teach the. I, I do believe we practice the each one teach one. So that's that's not a problem. Right. It's the it's the lifting each other up physically. You know, like really putting each other on. I feel like it's too many black millionaires and black thi- and black thousandaires in this world. And we still haven't been able to connect the black dollars, right? To be able to say, you know, we can unify and know that we can survive off the black dollar. And I feel like, I believe, like, the energy is just not there in that aspect, you know? And it's hard to tap into it, because I tried. I'm not saying I tried like I lived my whole life and I still ain't got time to go to try to figure out who's next, so, but I'm not t- looking for like handouts, things like that, I'm talking about as far as like, it's a lot of competition out here when it comes to being accidentally put in a competition, or like I was talking to the kids today at, at River uh, North Division High School, I was telling the kids at camp it's a lot of jealousy goes on between us each other, and we don't even know each other you know, right. and I feel like we need to know how to just reach out to each other and say, hey, you know, you got something good going on, how can I help? You know, even if it ain't giving a dollar, even if it's just sharing the work, even if it's like, or, or you know, even if you got a dollar to spare and the person really got some good work and mm-hmm. you believe in it, here you go. Like, I believe that's what we're missing because, like I said, that that mentality of the, you know, that brotherhood and that sisterhood kind of getting shadowed by, you know, uh, you know, who look better or who can do this and who can do that and who want to do it first. And it's not everyone, because I don't like putting everybody in one basket. It's it's a it's some great people out here who reach out in a heartbeat to push others as hard as they push themselves. And I'm one of those people. Okay. And I'd always told myself once I get established as that type of uh in that type of position to be able to reach out, I want to do it uh, and be a role model at it, just like there's other role models out there doing.
3: Okay, that's excellent. And you know your your age, which is the reason why I ask. uh, Your age is critical right now because when you look back at our ancestors, uh, a lot of them were in your age range. Martin Luther King, when he was doing all the work that he was doing, Malcolm X, Huey Newton, Stokely Carmichael, uh, all of that group that we know that were liberation fighters who were out there—they were in your age range and uh, they were visionaries and uh, they were they were carrying out the fight they weren't afraid uh, and they, they knew the challenge and that's why I ask you what is the challenge and I'm so glad you said what you did because you are surely right there's just too much uh, hating on each other we hate each other uh, because you do something and I don't do it or I do it and you didn't do it or you, somebody asked me to do it and they didn't ask you to do it uh, you, you hate on them, and then you go out and you talk about them behind their back, and you say negative things that destroys their their ability to move forward, and it, and it is killing us as uh, a unit. And yes. it has it has been doing it for a while. It just didn't start, and a lot yes. of that is the source of some of these killings that we see. I think yes. uh, brother, I see brother West on the phone, and I know he some of these killings that happen in Atlanta. Uh, stupid stuff. I was just reading one uh, today where this uh, group of women got together and went up to some house and, and out in one of the uh, the counties and shot the house up because her ex girlfriend was in there with her new girlfriend. Uh, oh. And she went in there and shot the whole house up, killed the girl. Uh, and, and now she's going to, I think they gave her like 75 years. So her life is gone. And, and her now family, nobody gets a girl. Now nobody gets her. And now the family is upset. They said that was too much time. And they want too much people to get together and fight. And that's too much time that she was treated unfairly in the court. You know, it's that kind of stuff. I'm, And that's just one of many. But she took her life. Yeah, yeah. Well, she took a life. That's that's the deal, uh, brother Timothy. I see you pop back on. You want to add something to the conversation? Did you hear enough of it to talk, brother Timothy? You might have your mic muted. I don't know. <clears throat> okay, brother West. Yes, sir. How uh, you yeah. doing, Doc? Fine. I'm doing great, man. Hey, we got a young uh, brother. I, I, got a I, young I, brother on here that's a visionary. Man, yes, sir. Well, I,
6: I got some news for him, man. Go to a seed at the table. The seed, S-E-E-D, seed at the table. That's something like a, a, a shark tank where some brothers got together. They got an investment fund. So if you need, if you come up with your idea, you can pitch your idea to them, and you can get some investors to a financial project and vice versa. If somebody else uh, want to uh, be invested in, in somebody like my brother, you can be investors. You can Good. be investors or you can be a recipient. And, and to my man Timothy, that, that that's how I practice. Cap Alpha Psi. Okay, about ten brothers got together and came up with. It's called a seed at the table. Okay. Seed. Seed at the table. Just go to that website. Doc, I sent it to uh, Ocean De La Boo. I sent it to her. So, cause. Well, uh, uh, that's that's positive news, my brother. Okay. He stole that website, and, and 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 put his information in, and he get some investors,
3: man. Right. I love it. Did you get him that? Did I you get that, brother Kendall?
4: Yes, I did. I wrote that down as he was talking. So okay. that's that's what I'm talking about. Appreciate the the, the feedback and the, and the information. Right. I Really, truly appreciate that. Okay. Thank you, brother West. Well, my brother. All right. Thank right you so on, much. Right on. Right on. All right. Out to the people. Right on. Our to the people, all the people. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Uh,
3: We are talking to Brother Kendall Allen, who is a future, Afro-futuristic filmmaker. Uh, He's written a series to teach uh, the community, not just young people, but the community on the history and liberation of our people uh, through cartoons and through uh, uh, a a character story that's going to be airing on television uh, very soon. (laughs) And so he's here with us. If you would like to ask him a question, uh, talk with him. Uh, If you're on the internet, our number is 215-490-9832. I repeat, 215-490-9832. And also, I would like to uh, let our audience know that we have other programs that are on this uh, format. Uh, We, on the uh, Time for an Awakening, we have uh, two other programs. We have... uh, uh, a program by the elders called the uh, Sankofa Council of Milwaukee that airs on Saturday from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, and that program is hosted by Dr. Jim Jeannie James, he's an MD, and <clears throat> talks about medical issues and health and wellness for our people. That program airs again from 6 to 8 uh, right here on the Time for an Awakening Network. Uh, and then uh, we have uh, one brother, Oshiemi Adelabu, that airs every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday called African Perspectives. And that program airs from 12 to 2, I'm sorry, from 10, I get, no, let me get it right, <laughs> from 11 to 1 Eastern Time, 11 to 1 Eastern Time uh, on Time on Awakening Radio. And uh, he is uh, definitely very powerful. Impact stories as well. Uh, and then on uh, Thursday, we have one that comes on Blog Talk uh, called um, Warrior's Way with Brother Quasi Craft. That program comes on at uh, 6 o'clock Central Time, 6 to 8, on Block Talk Radio. You can go to the Black Reality Think Tank uh, Facebook page, and you can get the link and the topic uh, for the day. And then on Saturday evening, from three to five central time, Black Sister Talk with Sister LaWanda Chambers, a program designed for millennial women, uh, where they talk about things that impact uh, women, motherhood, sisterhood, things of that nature. And uh, again, you can go to the Time for an Awakening I'm sorry, go to the Black Reality Think Tank Facebook page and get the time, the link, uh, and the phone number and what's playing as well. And that's all our network system. And then on Friday uh, from uh, 7 to 9 Eastern time, you have Time for an Awakening. Uh, That's with Brother Elliot, who are the owners and the operators of the Time for an Awakening radio network. They have a program on Friday and Sundays. And uh, uh, so you can also get that too. You can go to the website at www.timeforanawakening.com and go into the archive and get any of our programs and listen to programs that have played in the past. And so we welcome you to do that. We're trying to make sure that the word gets out to you and you can listen. and we'll, We'd love to have you come on, give your ideas uh, as well. I think this is my sister from uh, Virginia, uh, eight oh four. Sister Benita, is that you? Yes, it is. How are you? Fine. Wonderful. How are you doing? How you doing?
7: I am doing good. I um, called in late, and right. I think what I hear you guys talking about is Afrofuturistic. Uh,
3: right. He's, uh, a, he's a filmmaker. Afrofuturistic filmmaker. Yes, right. I,
7: I, I really believe that there is such a role for this because the more dynamic our questions are, the more we ch- we're gonna have more dynamic answers and opportunities to engage on right. levels of problem-solving and uh, futuristic things that we can do right. that right. can actually lead to our liberation. So I think Afro-futuristic um, art is such a, a portal, to begin to challenge us to go beyond just kind of these linear ideas mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, motivate us to, ha- to enter into thinking that is more multidimensional. So I think there's such a role uh, because it can help us shift um, our thinking. Uh, it can help shift our, our mindset and our belief systems. Um, and it can also help us to open up to uh, perhaps uh, different value systems, but also uh, to go and um, critique uh, one another in such a way that we motivate one another because the question is so powerful. And I think, so that's what I like about Afro-futuristic art is that I believe it has such an important role uh, for our liberation because um, it has the power to uh, offer us that uh, multi-dimensional thinking. So I appreciate the brother who is the filmmaker uh, for what uh, he's doing. I apologize that I got on late. So I hope I didn't defer too far from what was being discussed? Oh
3: no, no, you're right on target. You're right on target. That's exactly what we're trying to do, and uh, we were not only that, but we were talking about it from a from the from the past. You know, we we had it. We've had our ancestors did this too. They did it as well. And when we opened the program, we talked about the great Langston Hughes. Uh, he used this as a technique and a character that he developed called Jesse B. Simple, um, and Jesse B. Simple uh, was was a voice that Langston Hughes wanted to put out there with the ideas of getting people in Harlem and New York to expand their thinking. And uh, it was a powerful tool to use uh, in doing that. And this was Langston Hughes. It was Langston Hughes thinking, but he, he used Jesse B. Simple uh, to push it forward. And he made him ordinary, and he made him an ordinary New Yorker, hardworking man, uh, and they, you know, it was powerful, powerful too. And then I mentioned earlier, I was introduced to Afrofuturism. Didn't know what it was. The night that I went to uh, Madison Square Garden, so George Clinton stepped out of a spaceship, <laughs> and I said, "Oh my goodness!" And I, it blew my mind. You know, when I did that, Brother White, did you go to that concert, Brother Herbie? Uh,
2: no, I didn't. I didn't make it to. Uh... That concert, but
3: I certainly know about George Clinton and Bootsy Collins. Yep, oh man, you that's real Afrofuturistic, <laughs> you know, yeah. in a lot of ways. And so, yeah, you're right, Sister Bernita. Uh, it is definitely mind expanding, it pushes the limits of our thinking, and we need to do that. You have to, you know, the mind is like a rubber band, and, uh, and the more you put in there, the more it stretches it and you can start out with a little bitty kind of little rubber band and next thing you know, it's able to take in a whole bunch of stuff that can can change some things. And I think that's what we're trying to say here uh, about Afrofuturism. Uh, uh, Brother Kendall, what's, what's in the future works for you? What are some things that you are looking at, you know, once you get this going and get it moving the way you like it? Uh, what are some things that you're planning to expand
4: and do? Oh, um, my goal is to, uh, basically once it, like you come out as far as like once it's all produced the way I want, like there's a final product for all.
3: Right. And all you products. got, yeah, you got this project moving and you, like you said, you don't want to name it yet. Tell us the name yet. But once you got it moving and you're, you're, you're pleased with the golden objectives that you had set for it, then, uh, what are you going to start looking at next?
4: oh man uh <laughs> well it's time to take you know those uh earnings and be and uh, my goal is to move to africa and to be able to um, you know really start that really be what i'm what i'm trying to produce uh what i what i produce through the content so basically like my goal is to i got some friends down there in africa in ghana and i wanted to basically you know buy land okay uh, okay you know learn be there learn some things and uh you know build the schools or something like that and really try to connect with other brothers and sisters who already created pipelines from africa to america or africa to other uh nations across the world to bring africans in the diaspora to africa um And not just to stay, but to visit or to stay, whichever one. And to really be able to say, hey, you know, this is what we need more of. This is what we need more of. And to be able to do that on a big level. Mm -hmm. Because that's my goal, is to do what I'm saying through this film, but in a way where I can do it by myself, but with connecting groups that's already connecting those dots is just not as proposed in my film, which is more... Our film is more. Hey, we there already? All right. Okay. We got the the free education and all that stuff. You know, saying let's. So that's pretty much my my end goal is to, and and just create keep creating content, uh, to of Oh yeah, and my main thing is to keep creating content that uh, empowers our people and all other people, uh, but majority our people to uh, get on track and be able to not fully like mean compete, like let's be in competition with the, the, you know, the Europeans and the Russians and stuff. Nah, but more like, A, we're able to do it. You Mm -hmm. know, we're able to say we unified enough to, if we come, if we, if we, if there, if if you guys got oil and we got gold, like we're good. Like if if something happened to one of us, we're going to take care of each other. Like we're not going to let us, you know, we're not just going to look anymore when we get beat up anymore. Or we're not just going to take that anymore. We're going to really say, you know what? Hey, you know, they beating you up real bad over there. I, we don't mind. If you don't, if you want to, you can just come over here for a while. Mm-hmm. If you need a break. You know, you can come over here for a while. We already got you a house. You know, mm-hmm. this is what it's there for. Uh, come recover. Come live with us. Come, come be around your people real quick. And if you want to go back, go back.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. You know, I've got um, I've got some grandkids that are uh, coming up behind you, and um, they're uh, doing something. And I've even got some great grandkids coming up behind you. And okay. what do you think, from your perspective? Um, what kind of world do you think that they're going to be entering into, and how can we as uh, or in particular you, because you are the one that's going to have to be able to reach back. Uh, my clock is ticking, so uh, what are you going to what What is it that we can do to prepare them? I, I worry about that. What is it going to look like? Um, and when I look Man. at some of the current things, I'm not real pleased. If I'm fearful sometimes when I hear all these killings and shootings and people walking into supermarkets and shooting up everybody. Well, what are some things that you would like to see that you can contribute to outside of your craft and what you're doing uh, to make this world a better world? Over there? What is it? What's that visionary okay. piece? Well, how you envision that?
4: Cause you no, were... I could start off with... up. No, go ahead, go ahead. Go I am
3: going to say, because you will see it. I won't. You will see it. So what do you see?
4: Okay, I would like to start that off with saying, first off, I know that from my perspective that with... There being such a high crime rate amongst each other because we we at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to handouts and, and still going through our trauma, you know, and other people having I feel like without like minded people like me, you and the other brothers and sisters who also care about our growth and unity and getting to that point, I feel like without proper solutions and not distractions, see I feel like there's still a fighting chance. I feel like the future is still rocky for the kids because of the type of – I mean, just think about the wealth that the U.S. and all these other nations are creating within themselves, like like basically creating wealth from a a paper. It's just crazy how you could do that and just shun people out, like so – we, we, as Africans here in the diaspora, in these countries, we can't do that. We cannot pre- create paper money and say, you know, we got broke and we just going to print some more. Like, we're, we're behind so much as far as printing money and in these outside nations from Africa, and we also competing to get it, so mm-hmm. the crumbs that they give us, mm-hmm. you know? So it's kind of hard when you coming from the poorest, low-income areas. In, the, in those countries uh, around the world and you're competing for $30 million that's supposed to be split up among us.
5: Mm-hmm. And
4: it's more than that, more than us up in there, it's less of us getting it than there's more of us surrounded by it. Okay. And I feel like what it's gonna take is, it's gonna take like-minded brothers and sisters to say, hey, whoever gets this money, cause it's not forever, please get the right people to be able to say, hey, we need to have a proper solution on how we're going, I mean, a proper way of dispersing and utilizing this money to be able to include the minds of those who don't understand what we may teach, you know? Okay. And and know that we got to leave something behind that when they come to their right mind. Or they come to not even their right minds. They come to to seek it. Is their form because it's that's what's hard right now. What's hard is I asked a young man in the neighborhood before. I say, young man, you out here robbing and doing all this stuff. I said, won't you come over here and get some of these uh, this free food at this uh, event and you know what I'm saying enjoy yourself. And you know he you know this young man told me this young man said, sir, ain't nothing over there that y'all got gonna put food in my stomach forever. And I was like. Wow! I said, man, did y'all hear what he just said? You know, I was just telling the brothers and sisters, like, he's saying that the, what we think is a solution ain't going to put food on his, in his stomach forever. Mm-hmm. And he's going to stick to stealing and robbing unless he finds something, you know, and, you know, it's easy for us to say, go get a job, go get a career, you know, make something of yourself, but this, 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 this whole thing is bigger than a job, bigger than a career. It's, 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 it's unity. And and, and and right now, to get the minds of these young brothers and sisters, they only know about the mighty dollar. Right. Right? So it's like, okay, so the mighty dollar gets to those people who get it, those who receive the funds from the government in grant form, uh, who receives the, the funds from the mayors and the stuff like that. And they create these programs and this and that. Okay. Are these actual solutions to uh, actually turning a low-income community into a unified community where not only they getting jobs, but what do they lack at? Oh, some of them don't have bus fare or some people don't have this, some people don't have that. They have to get to work. Okay, well, then we got to create a transportation service, okay, of right. our own because the other right. too high. Like, that's the type of thinking that's going to be able to we need to transform low income into working old Tesla Oklahoma Tesla, uh, concepts. Okay. Okay. That's 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 where we. That's my goal. To, that's the painter. That's the that's the picture I'm painting right now. Okay. Let me let and me. That's what I would leave behind.
3: Let me ask mm-hmm. you this. Let me ask you this because obviously, in, in line with that thinking you have, uh, and what you're doing in terms of your your work and uh, the vision you have, uh, we all know that it takes. A multiplicity of things uh, to, to mm-hmm. work with our kids. These are these are good these are good efforts, but it, it's not enough. It, it, there's a whole lot more that has to happen. And so the question that I just asked you, and the one that I'm asking you, is because you'll be the one that will have to uh, get the system of things to approve these kinds of things into, make sure that they are included. Uh, in the agendas for young people like my grandkids and my great-grandkids that are, that are, be, that are be coming along under your leadership you know, because you're young. What are some of the things that the school system, education system you think needs to be included into the curriculums um, that they can learn and use uh, to come up? Because when I came up, I came up under um, a system uh, that was set up by uh, the Booker T. Washington philosophy. Uh, mm-hmm. Our schools had, had banks. Uh, we were forced to save our money. We had to come to school and learn how to save money. We had, a, we had a savings bank at our school. And you had to say every Wednesday you have to make a deposit in that bank. Right. And what this, the principal would do would read out the names of those who had deposited money in the bank that day. But again, that was teaching us to posit. We also had to learn how to donate money uh, to help others. And so they used to have a program called the Community uh, Fund. And we would have to donate money. And again, they would call your name out if, if you donated this week. You know, again, encouraging, trying to motivate us to do. So, what do you see uh, outside of the reading, writing, arithmetic kind of thing? What are some courses? that young people you would like to see or you are going to to, uh, force uh, the school system to put into their curriculum
4: for young people? Well, my thing uh, I would say is financial uh, literacy. Okay. Um, Why right now? Because I created a financial literacy course um, that's Afrocentric. And the reason why I did that was because Most of the uh, financial literacy that I see and that I've actually witnessed is talking about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. And coming from low-income communities, I notice when they're teaching these kids financial literacy, it's going over their heads because when the kids get home, they tell their parents, hey. I just learned about stocks and bonds and mutual funds, and the parents are like, "Oh, that's good." And then next, you know, it's like I need five. The kids would be like, "I need five hundred dollars," and grandma or mom looking like, what, "What? you need five hundred dollars for? You investment to invest some stocks?" And grandma's like, "I'm not giving you no five hundred dollars. We got bills to pay." And so basically, my thing, what I'm saying is, they teach. You know, it's like to me, I feel like I don't know if they're doing it on purpose or people just don't understand. But you, you, I, my, you have to put your mind at the level of where our people are more predominantly hurt at. That's the low income community. You cannot possibly think that we can actually talk about stocks right now when we don't have the money. Majority of us in low income do not have the money to invest in stocks. We need to start from the back, I mean, from the beginning. So, you know, separating our assets from our liabilities. We need to first get that straight away fast. So um, I chose to create a financial literacy course that's, that's that that helps low-income people, whether you black, white, Puerto Rican. Hey, this is where we at right now. This is where you want to be. And then not only that, I also threw some some unity in there. Okay. And hey, we need to be able to have financial investment bowls on each block. That means each block has some type of team captain who saves the block money. You know, it, of course it's like, oh, well, who's going to do that? It's not even about who's going to do that. It's about if we put it out there and teach the kid, you know, that it can spark discussions on, well, I wouldn't possibly do that, but I can see how it can work like this way. That's right. that thinking. That's, right. that, that's that conversation. That's that discussion. Because at the end of the day, it's powerful information and talks like that is what gets the low-income communities to be unified. Okay. And that's all we need to be focused on is how do we unify the low incomes if you're going in there or we go into the school system they are boring these kids with just data 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 instead of actually saying hey i'm going I'm going help raise you up and it, it might not be now, but by the time you 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 graduate from high school you gonna have what it takes you're going to take that 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 credit score you gonna get you gonna write that business plan. You gonna go okay. get that career, and then after you do that career, you gonna have enough money to go get that loan from that bank to start your business. And all these people you connected with is going to help pitch in, whether that's buy from you or whether that's uh, help buy from you in a way, whereas a like consumerish type of style, like or just invest. Okay, and that's what we need to make possible for the kids in the curriculum way in these low income communities.
3: All right, so so financially. Oh,
7: okay, go right ahead. Um, uh, Your name, sir? I didn't catch your name. My my name is Kendall Allen. Kendall, I want to just offer you a prompt. Um, You know, we were... uh, spurring their imagination. And this is not my theme, but it may be a prompt that you may can work with and develop... But I saw this black woman sitting Indian style who was pregnant, but her belly was the world, right? And on her head, she had the third eye of the pyramid. Mm. And what happened was these women realized that what would happen with their children if they could no longer hear or see the negativity that was implanted in their minds by images of television and whatever. So these women eventually begin to blind their children, but through an evolution the children were born with a third eye, but to the natural they were dumb and no and they didn't know much. But when they were alone, they were creators and magicians and they were creating all kind of um Uh, solutions, and it opens up a world that we could introduce to our children and say, this is what you are capable of if they did not have the outside interference of the world. So, if you think it's something you can work with, brother, I just felt impressed to share it with you, as a prompt, and um, I think it could open up the imagination of our children, like they did with the Harry Potter books. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Where they, where they're talking about, you know, different um, solutions and using their imagination, and they're in this world where they're untouched and unscathed uh, by this racist system. I just don't like sharing that with you. I'm not a writer per se when it comes to fiction or whatever, but. I was That just dropped in my imagination, and mm-hmm. I thought it could be a wonderful series that can encourage our children to read and have imagination. So I like that. I, I just liked wanted it. to offer that to you.
3: Yeah.
4: Can I touch on that for, like, just 30 seconds? Yeah. That was powerful, okay? And, 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 and this is what I can do. I will be teaching at uh, North Division tomorrow, all through this week, seven weeks, right? I'm going to use that in a way where it's going to be an activity, you know. I'm going to have the kids close their eyes. And I'm going to have the kids trust each other and, and learn to think with their mind mm. and understand where are you going mentally. What is you seeing in there? And what is you, do you need to push out? Because this that you're using in front of you, your eyes, that's what you want. Right. That's what you need? what do you need and is you actually being still enough to actually even think it so i want to understand deeply deeply what is your feelings and i want i want the kids to express that. and what they what they what they come out with i'll be able to write something real cool you know what i'm saying so i like that you shared that so i appreciate it.
3: that's great that's great yeah. all right well brother Kendall we've got a few minutes left I uh, won't get into anything new. I want you to kind of wrap up stuff. Tell us one more time how they can, anybody can reach out to you uh, if, if they want to so desire. But just kind of wrap things up. Tell us where you're going and then uh, give us how they, they, they can reach you again.
4: Yeah, okay. My name is Kendall Allen. Uh, I got the first episode of my TV series, the first season out, uh, called African Code cinema it's on youtube so you can look at it on youtube the youtube channel is super k videos that's super k is time videos with an at g i mean a, a super k videos and then you can reach me at super k videos at gmail.com and right now everything that i've spoke to you guys about or if you heard is just the first season the second uh season the third fourth fifth they all have something powerful and different. So there's just, a, I haven't spoke on anything about the second or the third or the fourth or the fifth. I'm telling you it's, it's I, I create for a reason to create something that always brings something, some, uh, someone to understand something new. So everything we talked about is just the first season. The second season is so different. Okay. Okay.
3: Uh, Brother Quasi, I didn't see you. I see you on the line. now. Anything you want to say before we close?
6: No, I was just listening, and, uh, yeah, I wish I, I could be a student in, in that North Division, and I, I just thank you for all that you're doing to uh, help out. Right. Thank you, brother.
3: Oh,
4: I for, appreciate you.
3: Well, yes. Brother Kendall, yes. uh, thank you so much for coming on today and uh, telling us about your, uh, your work and your vision and what you've already completed. Uh, I think you are you clearly on the right track, clearly on the right track. And as uh, both uh, Sister Benita and I said, that Afrofuturism um, uh, futurism is a powerful tool uh, to use. And as she mentioned, I, I, I even forgot about that. The Harry Potter series, that's that's not Afrofuturism, but it's futurism, uh, very clearly. Uh, talk about that and, and the things that that does to expand young people's minds. Uh, and if we think a lot of us uh, that are now older and gone, we think back over the years, And some of the things that forced us to expand our thinking about things uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, just how that impacted us and gave us the ideas. And so very clearly tonight you have done a masterful job of that and uh, looked at the work that you did this past weekend on your Juneteenth uh, celebration, the the video that you created for that was a wonderful thing as well, a wonderful tool. So thank you, my brother. Um, anything, that, remember, I'm going to reach out for that information on Dave Chappelle uh, for you. Um, and there's one other one I think that, that might be helpful, too. I don't I haven't talked to him in a long time, but um, that may very well be helpful in looking at uh, ways to promote what you have done. So thank you, my brother. Anything else you want to say before we shut it down?
4: No. Um, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure always. Looking forward to staying in contact with you. I would love to come back on again. Oh, yes, to, no doubt uh, talk about, it. about the second season or the second episode, you know, whichever one. Okay. And let's just stay connected.
3: Okay, beautiful. I love it. Take care of yourself, now. Okay. Yeah.
8: Esa negrita que va caminando. Esa negrita tiene su tumbao. Gracias.